uh, as we um, uh, continue on in this series, really bring this uh, series on Daniel uh, to a close, uh, the series where we've been encouraged not to shift, to not be shaken, to not uh, uh, let our trust in God uh, waver in the midst of the pressures from the world uh, pushing in around us. Uh, and that, that's certainly the kind of song that you can sing with passion, that you can uh, uh, feel uh, deep within your heart when, when, you're, you know, when you're right with God, when things are right in your world, when you're going strong, when you know despite whatever circumstances that you may be going through that God has your back because uh, you're following him wholeheartedly. I mean, that, that's an awesome place to be, isn't it? Uh, and some of you are there right now. You're, you're feeling, you know, you're feeling on top of the world. You're, you are uh, not necessarily uh, feeling like everything is perfect in your life. Uh, that's, that's rare. Uh, but you know that no matter what comes, that, that God has your back, that, that God is with you because the most important thing in your life is going well, your relationship with God. Uh, you're growing uh, in joy and peace no matter what circumstances might come your way. And, and if that's you today, uh, I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, I, I pray that after uh, you leave today that you will just feel even more inspired, more encouraged to continue on in your walk with Christ. But there are others of you who walked in this morning who that song was awesome, but gosh, your, your heart wasn't in it because you do feel shaken. Uh, you feel like, you know, this, the, the rug maybe has been pulled out from under you in some way in, in this life, and circumstances have you down. You're struggling. It's hard to praise. Um, but regardless of who you are, regardless of your heart's spiritual state when you walked in here this morning, uh, I, I believe that you're going to find some encouragement today. Um, uh, I think that, that God's word, the scriptures we look at today are going to help you take a more, um, some steps into a deeper, more intimate relationship with him today. And I'm excited about that. Uh, um, the, the spirit of God can, can uh, fill your life and help you navigate not just the highs when things are going well, but help you navigate the lows too. And if you're struggling right now, you're going to be given some steps to stay on track. If you're riding high, uh, then, then keep doing so. Uh, you're going to uh, receive some encouragement to, and equipped uh, to, to remain there. Uh, but let's pray to that end. Uh, God, uh, we, we offer this time to you today and simply pray that you would draw us closer to you. For those of us who are feeling close to you already, Lord, draw us even closer. We, we, we want to remain just right, right under the, the shadow of your wing, Lord. Help us learn how to stay there. And for those of us who are just feeling far from you for whatever reason this morning, Lord, help us discover what's keeping us there. And give us the courage to make whatever necessary changes we need to make to experience the blessing of an intimate relationship with you again, or maybe for the first time. Lord, we open our hearts to hearing from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to welcome you here this morning uh, to Troy United Methodist Church. A special welcome to those of you who are newer or, or maybe visiting. 
Uh, maybe you're here for the first time today. Uh, we're really, really glad that you're here. Uh, definitely stop by the Welcome Center on your way out today. We'd love to help you get more connected, offer you a, a gift for being here today. Uh, but uh, my name is Andy. I'm uh, the senior pastor here at Troy United Methodist Church and just a privilege to be so. Uh, I'm really glad that you're here today as we uh, bring to conclusion this series on Daniel. Uh, Daniel was a a fellow who lived uh, 2,700 years, 26, 2,700 years ago. Um, uh, he's, his story can be found in the Old Testament book of the Bible, Daniel. Uh, makes sense. Uh, but uh, we've learned a lot about Daniel in the last couple weeks. Uh, but for those of you who are newer, or maybe you're the kind of person like me, you can't even remember what you had for breakfast, let alone what, uh, you, uh, what, what this guy preached about uh, last week or two weeks ago. Uh, let me give you a bit of a recap. We learned that Daniel was a young man who lived in Jerusalem, uh, and in 605 BC, the Babylonians, led by King Nebuchadnezzar, conquered Jerusalem. They laid siege to Jerusalem and eventually wore, wore them out, and, and then as a, a part of their uh, taking over, they, they took the upper echelon of Jewish society, the, the, uh, the priests, the religious leaders, the political leaders, and they deported them all. Uh, all the families of influence, they deported to Babylon, a journey of over 700 miles. Uh, and, and while in Babylon, Daniel was among them, and while in Babylon, Daniel faced uh, many challenges to his faith. Uh, you see, in Jerusalem, he was amongst a people, he was a part of a nation that, that faithfully followed God, was uh, lined up uh, culturally uh, in a way that, that sustained that, that helped people uh, worship and pursue God. But in Babylon, there wasn't anybody to support Daniel's uh, worship, his way of life and following God. In Babylon, they worshiped many, many gods, and, and they didn't live by the religious customs that Daniel was used to, the, the customs that were required uh, by God's law. But we learned that Daniel was an amazing example of uh, someone who remained firm, who followed God no matter what the cost. He wasn't shaken. He refused to shift his values uh, and refused to, to compromise his uh, relationship with God in order to save his own skin. And through some of the stories uh, from the last couple of weeks, we learned that, that Daniel didn't rely on himself. He learned how to uh, to really depend on God and on his community around him when things got tough. Um, and we learned that Daniel was blessed by God because of his integrity, because of his faithfulness, because of his refusal to compromise and shift, even though that would have been the easy thing for him to do. Uh, so now we uh, are picking up in Daniel chapter 6. And if you have a Bible with you, you can open up to Daniel 6. Uh, it'll, the scriptures will appear on the screen as we go along. But let me give you a little bit of a, uh, a little history uh, for you. In between the time where we left Daniel off in the last couple of weeks till today, a lot has changed in Babylon. In fact, we, we pick up in 539 BC, uh, where, actually a little bit later than that, but uh, in 539 BC, uh, Cyrus the Great uh, of the Persian Empire uh, conquered Babylon. So King Nebuchadnezzar uh, was no longer king, and the Babylonians didn't even rule Babylon anymore. The Persians did. And yet Daniel uh, was, was still there. He was still respected. In fact, now you kind of do the math. Daniel, this was 66 years after Daniel was first exiled to Babylon. So you can kind of envision him now. Daniel was an old man in, in his 70s. Uh, no offense <laughs> intended for any of you here. You know, 70 is the new... 
you know, is the new 50, right? Uh, but back then, 70 was still 70. So Daniel was an old man. And anyway, Daniel still had the respect. He still had the admiration of the Persian king. And, and so uh, we learn in the opening verses of chapter 6, uh, in verse 3 in particular, that, that Daniel was about to be promoted. Uh, he was respected so much. So uh, hear this. Daniel was so dis- had so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Daniel was, he was still following God wholeheartedly and he was continuing to be blessed. Have you ever been there? Where, where, where things are, are going well. Where maybe you're kind of like in a spiritual groove, not a rut, uh, a spiritual groove where everything is going well. Maybe your circumstances in your life, they're not, they're not perfect. I mean, they never are. But, but the most important thing is in place. Your, your relationship with God is sustaining you. you, you ex- you're experiencing the presence of God in your life. You've been following him all heart, wholeheartedly. You're experiencing the fruit of a walk with God, the, the, the love in your heart, the, the joy that's emanating, the, the peace of Christ. All, all is right in your inner world. H- have you been there? That's an awesome place to be. Uh, and Daniel, Daniel was there. But with a faithful and fruitful life comes challenges. And I want to draw your attention to the the message notes. Hopefully you received them in the bulletin when you came in this morning. Uh, You might want to follow along, uh, and there are some blanks in there. Uh, Fill these in as they come up. You might want to reflect on these later. Uh, Because uh, along with a faithful and fruitful life do come challenges. You see, when you are wholeheartedly following God, when you are being faithful and you are experiencing fruit in your relationship with God, uh, external fruit in some cases, but definitely the internal fruit from following God, then you can expect attack. You can just count on it. You, you can expect attack. Daniel faced attack when things were going well, and he was being blessed because, because of his faithful life. Um, when, when the other administrators... Uh, when they heard about Daniel's eventual promotion, uh, they, uh, we read this, uh, verse 4. Uh, at this, Daniel's eventual promotion, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And so we read on, and they concocted this plan, a pretty sneaky plan. Uh, they, they convinced the king into passing a binding law that required the, uh, people to only pray to him, to the king. Uh, for the next 30 days, that, that anyone who prayed to any other god or human would be punished by being thrown into a den of lions. Ah, and right now, right about now, you're thinking, I've heard this story before, Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, but what I want you to understand and remember is this. Yes, Daniel, he finds himself in a lion's den. You know some of the story. You've heard this before. Uh, but you and I, we walk around 
every single day in a den of lions. When you're following God wholeheartedly, you can expect attack. You can expect it, uh, and it oftentimes comes in, in one of, from one of two sources. It can come in similar ways like it came to Daniel, just very, very overtly. Uh, these guys had it in for him. They were jealous. They were angry uh, that he was following God. They didn't want to have anything to do with it, and they, they, they took it out on him directly. You can, you can experience some attack in those ways. Or the attacks could be more subtle, and they could be more spiritual in nature. Hear this scripture passage in the New Testament about the nature of spiritual attack in general and, and how you and I are walking around in a lion's den. Here's the instruction from 1 Peter chapter 5. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. You heard that, right? Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, I need your help this morning. Say this after me. Say, I'm in a lion's den. Oh, you can do better than that. There are a lot of people here this morning. Say, I'm in a lion's den. You're right. I didn't know. Wow, you came prepared. Friends, if you haven't figured it out yet, there's a spiritual battle taking place all around us, all around you, every day of your life. Now, hear this. This is important. God, more than anything else, God wants your heart, your, your whole heart. That, that, that's, that's God's goal for you, is that, that he would have your heart. And this is really important. He wants your whole heart. You were created to be in relationship with God and to follow him wholeheartedly. And when you do so, uh, you experience life the way that it was meant to be lived, life the way that God created it to be lived. And, and yet, um, oh, that's, why, that's why this journey with Jesus, it's a wholehearted journey. That's, that's why our mission as a church is to invite people on a journey with Jesus. We believe it is the best that this life has to offer. But, but there is a battle raging for your heart. Say it. Say it with me. Say, I'm in a lion's den. In the, in the den is God's enemy. And, and consequently, therefore, your enemy. And the enemy wants, wants anything else, anything else to have your heart other than God. Anything else. So he will do whatever he can to attack you and keep you from letting God have your whole heart. You see, God's enemy and your enemy loves nothing better than to see you fail because you are dangerous to him when you are obediently following God. So, so he wants, wants to stop that from happening. So say it again. Say, I'm in a lion's den. And here are some ways that the evil one will try to attack you. Uh, uh, and these, these aren't comprehensive. There are other spiritual attacks that can happen out there in your life. These are just some of the ways, and they're in no particular order. Uh, one, one way that he'll uh, try to attack you is to try to get you down on yourself. One way uh, he'll do this, he'll, he'll try to get you thinking that you're no good or, or, or that God couldn't possibly use you or your life, that, that somehow 
uh, you are damaged goods, that, that you're too far gone, that your life isn't worth all that much. He'll try to use your past against you to convince you that, that it's just not even worth trying, that even to try to be faithful, that you just wouldn't even be able to do it. So why even try? Uh, because you're, you're just going to fail. Uh, the evil one will try to get you down on yourself to keep you from even trying to follow God in the first place. Uh, another way he'll try to bite you is uh, with temptation. Uh, the, the evil one will try to get you stuck in destructive and sinful habits. The, the enemy of your soul can succeed in getting you, if he can succeed in getting you to wander from the path that God has laid out in, in front of you, if he can entice you to take a detour, to, to stay off the path, uh, then he's achieved his purpose. You see, a lot of times when we're following God wholeheartedly and we screw up, we, we just hear this little voice inside our head that says, see, I told you. I, I, I told you. I, I told you you would never be able to do it, that you'd fail. I told you you were a screw up. Might, might as well just stay in the detour a little bit longer. At least there's some temporary pleasure here. Just hang out here for a while uh, because God doesn't really, you've already let him down. Uh, it, it, it's just, uh, you'll just feel too much shame to even go back. So just hang out here for a while longer. Might as well stay here. Might as well just stay for longer. And, and, and of course that's a lie that, that God wouldn't want you back. Uh, of course it's a lie, but but you're in a lion's den, right? So expect lies in the lion's den. The, the truth is, if you've taken a detour, you don't have to stay there. Come, come back to God. Confess, uh, confess, and he will forgive you and welcome you back, no matter how long you've been away, no matter how far gone you feel. The evil one will also try to get you to doubt, uh, particularly to doubt God's love for you uh, through the difficult circumstances that you are facing in this life. I think about it. When things are going well, I mean, just think about your own life. When, when things are going well, uh, you, you tend to just feel like, oh, God is, God's with me. God, God loves me. I mean, look, look, at, look at how things are, are, are going in my life. This is fantastic. And you just, you're just floating and, and, and you just feel like, 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 you really experience God's love. But, but how often, how easy is it for us to start to doubt God and question God's love for us or, or question uh, whether we're being faithful or if we're doing things the right way when things start getting tough? I, it's, it's human nature. I mean, how often do you begin to doubt God and, and get, doubt his love when it gets difficult? And w w when we do that, what we're doing is we're letting... Uh, the evil one get a, a little bit of a grip on our heart, letting, letting a root of doubt kind of uh, seep in there uh, when in reality what we need to be doing is and when things are difficult, and I know for some of you things are, I mean, you've, you've got some big hills to climb right now. There's hard stuff that you're dealing with, grief and loss or, or just difficult circumstances. When, when those things come and you're, and you're tempted to doubt God's love for you because it's so hard, because you're feeling the attack, uh, that is the opportunity, the perfect time to remember and reflect on the, the many ways uh, what God has already done to prove his love for you. 
most profoundly uh, through what Jesus has done on the cross to invite you into a real relationship with God. Well, when things get tough, don't let doubt take root. But overall, and this is kind of a summary one, this fourth one, uh, overall the enemy's best attack is, is really just to cause you to become distracted. You, you see, it doesn't matter what it is, if your heart is not wholly devoted to God, then the enemy is winning. It doesn't matter if you're distracted by your past or distracted by sin or distracted by doubt or stress or difficult circumstances or finances or a job search or your family or kids or sports or politics or whatever else. If your focus has turned from God to, to anything else, onto yourself or anything, something else, then then the enemy has accomplished his purpose. And I found that one of the easiest ways to diagnose that this has become the case in your life, it's kind of like a test that you can take to recognize if you have become distracted. One of the biggest symptoms of our distraction is worry. Worry. And if you're worrying about this or that, then, then your, your focus, uh, it has your focus. It, it has your attention. And, and you may be distracted by important or, or worthwhile things like, like your family, like your career, or even distracted by your desire to make the biggest impact that you can for God in this life. But if you're worrying about something, then that, that has your attention. That has your focus. That has your heart rather than God having your whole heart. But back to Daniel for a minute. Daniel, he seemingly had a lot to worry about, didn't he? I hear this this new law had been passed. And and after learning about this king's new law, uh, I think about it. If Daniel prays to God like he's used to, uh, he could receive the death penalty. But does Daniel worry? Let's see. Let's see how Daniel responds. Uh, Verse 10. And when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened up toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. I love this passage. As I, in my mind's eye, as I'm reading this passage, um, just this this image comes into my mind. I imagine 70 plus year old Daniel tested and tried for countless years. And every step of the way, God has proven trustworthy in his life. And so his response when he is tempted to worry again, his response, no hesitation, was to continue to trust God. No matter what, Daniel was going to give God his whole heart. You see, when faced with the temptation to worry, to get distracted, Daniel responds with trust And he responds with wholehearted obedience. Daniel didn't become distracted with who was against him or what might happen to him if if he was 
faithful and obedient to God and followed him with his whole heart. He just simply trusted God. He had built up those habits and God had proven his faithfulness over and over and over again. So he just, he just did what he always did and hit his knees and responded with obedience. Friends, the opposite of worry is trust. And the measure of trust is obedience. Let me say that again. Let this sink in. The opposite of worry is trust. And the measure of trust is obedience. So let me ask you, where are you tempted to worry? Well, where, where do you need to begin practicing trust by, by being obedient to, to God's ways in your life? You know, I, I don't know where the evil one is trying to distract you. It is different for each of us. And there might be some overlap, some similarities, some commonalities, but, but we're all unique. We all get worried. We all get distracted. We're all tempted in, in slightly different ways. But I do know that if you've been following God with your whole heart, and especially if you have been considering putting your whole trust in God and, and kind of making a shift in your life and begin to, to follow God with your whole heart, then, then the evil one is hard, hard at work trying to devour you. Let me share that first Peter passage again. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Say, I'm in a lion's den. Oh, come on, you lost it. Say, I'm in a lion. You're in a real lion's den. Say, I'm in a lion's den. Oh, wow, you even had my weird inflection there. You're right, but you can, you can resist the attack while you're in the lion's den. Don't shift. Don't shift from trust to worry. Don't do it. And as a follower of Jesus, really, truth be told, there, there's a lot of opportunity to worry. The world is shifting. The, the, the culture is shifting. Um, I mean, I already knew this, but, but you know, just the, the, the passing of, of John McCain yesterday, there's all kinds of just history of his life and different things. And, and just, you just look at the world and how the world has changed over the, the lifespan of just the last 80 years, his lifespan. So the world is changing. The world is shifting. I, I was recently reading a book called a Good Faith. Being a Christian when society thinks you are irrelevant and extreme. And in the book, it addressed um, the, the contrasting worldviews between uh, like a scriptural worldview, a worldview of following Jesus, and the, the worldview that they kind of define as the spirit of the age. The spirit of the age says that if you want to find yourself, then, then you have to look within yourself. That, that, uh, that in, uh, to be fulfilled in life means you have to pursue the things that you desire, and the highest goal in life is, is happiness, is finding what makes you happy and, and, and living that. That's, that's the spirit of the age. But a biblical worldview holds that to find your true self, you have to look outside yourself to find the, the truth in the person of Jesus, and, and that the joy is not found in pursuing your own desires, but to live your life as a blessing to others. That's where true joy is found. 
and that our highest pursuit in life is not uh, living for ourselves and for what makes us happy, but living a life that brings glory and honor to God uh, and everything. And those worldviews, friends, those worldviews collide every single day in our lives. You feel it. Even if you don't know it, it's there. And sometimes we get caught in the crossfire. Sometimes, as followers of Jesus, we are misunderstood. Sometimes we are abused. Sometimes we are tempted to shift under the pressures uh, of the world around us. Sometimes we're labeled as out of touch or irrelevant or too extreme. Sometimes we are excluded. Sometimes ostracized. Sometimes uh, uh, we, we are ridiculed because of our trust in God. And any and all of that in this world can cause stress and distraction, and yes, it can cause worry. No matter where you're tempted to worry or be distracted, no matter where you find that you're being attacked by the enemy of your soul, take that First Peter advice to heart. Respond with trust. Stand firm. Don't be shaken. Respond like Daniel did. Respond with trust. And most of you know the story uh, uh, especially if you've ever had little kids in your life in any way, shape, or form. You've, you've heard Daniel in the lion's den, and, um, uh, but I'm going to recap it anyway. Daniel's enemies, they found him praying. It was a setup all along. They were there ready, and they pounced on him and, and brought him before the king. And, and even though the king really respected Daniel, he, and he realized he had been duped, he wasn't going to go back on the law that he said he couldn't do that. Um, and so, so Daniel was thrown into a lion's den, but miraculously, Daniel didn't die. God protected him. In fact, Scripture says this, verse 23, when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Hear this, because he had trusted in his God. Because he had trusted in his God. Now, even though you and I, we walk around every day of our lives in a lion's den, we can protect, be protected like Daniel was protected. Not, not necessarily, I mean, harm will come your way. Uh, you, you will receive physical wounds, emotional wounds. You, don't, don't be fooled. I'm not saying just trust in God, everything will be perfect. That's not the case. Uh, but your heart, God will protect your heart in the midst of it all. Remember, that's the most important thing. That's what God wants more than anything. And he will protect your heart when he's got your heart. When we trust God, we will be protected like that. So if today you are feeling like, like you are right with God, you are in lockstep with God, don't stop trusting him. In fact, do a, a regular, diligent reflection on your own heart and, and see before it shows itself in other ways, any places that you might be worrying or distracted or where God might not have all of your heart and give it to him. Give it to him before, but before you're tempted to respond with living for yourself or for something else. But those of you, uh, some of you are here today and you have been feeling distant from God. And, and I just want to encourage you to, to consider this, to, to do this. As, um, as, as you desire to deepen your relationship with God, start by looking at the places in your life that are dominated by anxiety, that are dominated by worry. Look at those places and realize that God is, God is in those places. 
And in the midst of your worry, just begin by asking God to help you let go of the fear, help you let go of the worry, and trust him with it. Respond in those areas of your life with practical aspects of trust, like we talked about last week, prayer and fasting, sharing those, those burdens in community. That's what it looks like practically to trust God. And, and, and we have to trust God because I mean, you already know it. Say it with me. Say, I'm in a lion's den. When you're in a lion's den, respond with a wholehearted trust. Let's pray together. Lord God Almighty, here, here we are yet again, as is our regular habit, collectively offering ourselves to you. Lord, many of us are experiencing your, your presence in our lives. We, we feel your spirit. And we simply pray that your spirit will strengthen us yet again to resist the next round of attacks in this lion's den. Help us resist getting down on ourselves or, or getting trapped in a destructive detour of sin or the temptation to doubt your goodness when things aren't easy. Help us not get distracted by worry and continue daily to put our trust in you. But Lord, some of us are, are, are feeling more distant from you. Some of us have found that, that we have shifted, that we have been shaken. We've trusted in ourselves, maybe even the spirit of the age, more than we've trusted in you. Lord, bring us back. Help us overcome any fear that we may have and, and turn our eyes to you, Jesus. And Lord, some of us here today have been living a faithful life as best we can, and yet we feel it, we feel the pressure mounting. Some of us have been beat down by the repeated attacks. And Lord, as, as a community of faith, we, we just ask that you would give us, give, give, if this isn't what we're feeling, that you would, you would give our brothers and sisters sitting around us the courage to cling to you in the midst of the lion's den. When the enemy is prowling, help us not worry, help us not fear, but to put our whole trust in you. And Lord, as we collectively turn to you, abandoning our worry, abandoning our self-dependence, abandoning all that would hold us back, Father, all glory be yours. May your light shine in the midst of darkness, in the midst of the lion's den. Would your name be held up above all other names? In that name, the name of Jesus, we pray.